You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, welcome to episode 26 of the Leading Off Podcast. We are no longer talking about the Vikings. They are done. We don't like them anymore. We're just done with that. Uh, of course, I'm always Matt Braun, and uh, I assume you share my uh, my tier. Uh, yes, we are now against, fully against the Minnesota Vikings and on the uh, 49er bandwagon. I don't know if that's just me, but that's the way that, it's trending. That's very, uh, you know, I'm okay with it, actually. Because, like, yeah. obviously, as Vikings fans, we hate the Packers. And, like, I don't care about the AFC. So, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the Niners, I guess. I don't know. And, yeah, of course. They're, it's whatever. And I know what everyone's thinking. Why are they talking about the Vikings when arbitration day has just passed? Oh. The most exciting day of the offseason. Well, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we have a, what, a they're of... talking about football when arbitration is going on. Crazy. Well, you know what's funny is I had the thought today – like, I'm finally done. I can finally stop tweeting about the Vikings. I'm done with their shit now for at least a few more months. <laughs> like, I focus fully on the Twins now and their shit. So we can, right. we can kind of change our focus. But uh, It really hit me that Twins are coming up when we were down, you know, by a lot and it looked over. I was like, oh, oh that's crazy. Twins are coming up, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, like, we also got the Wolves, but hey. It's... No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, we got a uh, – well, I almost said a lot of things. We really don't have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we have arbitration, like you talked about. That just happened. Very uninteresting, but also one two, one or two interesting things. Uh, we'll be talking about the Miguel Sano contract extension that was just announced. We have our second interview ever. We'll be talking to Mr. Tom Froming. Uh, you should know him. If you know us and you don't know Tom, then uh, – I don't know how that's possible, but uh, that'll be fun. And then we'll take our fan questions. This is the smallest I think our itinerary has ever been. Yep. It's literally just four things at this point. Yep, and if you had on not knowing Tom but knowing us, that would be almost impossible because he was the sole reason we kind of have any audience, I think. so. <laughs> Certainly. He, he was he's like spearheaded this entire process where we're right. just like, we just kind of did this just to do it. And then Tom mm-hmm. was like, no, you should actually make this a thing and, like, advertise it to people. And they're like, why would we ever do that? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah, now we have to be all official. And oh, No, I'm just kidding. It's great. Yeah. It's one, it's, I mean, I love it. It's great fun. So here we are. He's the reason I had to drop $50 on this microphone right here. Yes. So, hey, right. You, got, you made that plus $10 on our last uh, mo- money making. So got it all back. I, I'm positive. Yes. I think. Uh, Not losing some, money. Something like that. Yeah, you know, college is an expensive yeah, college. Rent and, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, uh, anyways, let's get to some actual twin stock because it's been like three minutes and we haven't talked about that. Uh, arbitration, which is, I'm going to be honest, I find it really boring. It is really boring. 
just because it's like, I mean, they're all gonna they're all gonna sign. It's just, however, you know, it's the number, and we don't really care about that. But one important thing did come out of arbitration, and that is uh, Jose Barrios and the Twins are at two different numbers that are about three hundred thousand dollars apart, and uh, I do not like that one bit. I assume you don't like I don't like it either. No, and of course they did come to deals with Rosario, Rogers, Buxton, Tyler, uh, Trevor May, and Tyler Duffy, and but yeah, Barrios, uh, yeah, three hundred thousand apart. Barrios wants four point five. I think it was the Twins wanted four, four point two, or something. Or no, Barrios, yeah, Barrios wanted four point four. Twins wouldn't hit that, and then well, just give him five million and call it good. I mean, what? It's like an extra. 900000 that you won't spend on the one good pitcher you have under control past this year? I, I don't get it at all, but it goes. it's more complicated than what we're just yelling about here, so I don't know. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, it's arbitration. It's always more complicated than just the, the number itself. Because uh, for a guy like Barrios, I believe this is his first year of arbitration. So if you then give in than that, then it kind oh, of yeah. like snowballs a little bit. So you give in a little bit, you pay him a little more than next year. It's a little more than third year. It's a lot more. Now, to us and to, like, normal human beings, that's a load <laughs> of bullshit because it's really stupid. So it's like what the end result might be, what, like one or two million more than you had to pay him before, and it's like uh, you're billionaires, are you not, at the end of the day? Like, who cares about that? Right. But it, it is a process. Teams do it. You see them doing it less often, which is nice. I think there are only, like, ten arbitration cases. And Kyle Gibson two years ago was, like, the first time the Twins went to arbitration in, like, a decade. So mm-hmm. it's not something that happens often. And they still can come to a deal before arbitration in a few weeks, uh, which I believe is more likely than not to happen. But right now, as it stands, it's just some awful look. It's a terrible look. Yeah. And with Gibson, I, that I think – I don't know if this is for sure true, but I heard it. They basically went to arbitration with him, kind of told him, this is just a test so we know what arbitration is like, because they knew Gibson wouldn't even get mad about it. So <laughs> that, that one doesn't even count, really. And now for Rios. Are you messing with me? Is that no, true? No, I heard, I heard that, I think, on Gleeman and the Geek podcast. That they just basically said, this is a test. They don't, I mean, I, I might just be remembering this for no reason at all, but I think that's true. That sounds like a curb your enthusiasm skill. <laughs> We're going to test out how this process works, Salvi and Levine, and now they know for Jose Barrios, I guess. But, yeah, definitely a bad look on their part because it's half – I mean, he wants, what, 300 – just give him the extra 300000 that he wants. If it, Don't even – you don't have to go to, like, $5 million. Like I said, you, all you got to do is go to 4.4, 4.5, and he'll be happy. Like, it's nothing. Yeah, it's not, and and it's not just like if they did this with anyone else, I'm sure there'd be less reaction. But when it's Jose Brios, the best pitcher you've developed in God, who knows how long, like just just give it to him. Can and the only pitcher they, guaranteed to be on the team next year, I think. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, Pineda well, no, now, I guess. Pineda. Yeah. yeah, Pineda. But uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much like that. You're just like, really, this is the guy you want to like annoy? Then we kind of just do this with Buxton. We're still trying to make amends with that. Like, this seems like a bad idea. Let's stop doing that. Well, uh, yeah, they didn't learn for Buxton, I guess. They gave him $3 million this year, which I think that was more than he was in store for. But Brurios is a tough case. I don't know. I, I mean, I've wanted him them to work on an extension with him, obviously, but I would assume Brurios doesn't want to do that right now because he has not hit his full potential yet, or what many think can be. But yeah, it's it's a bad look overall, and just go four thousand, four hundred thousand more, because that's that's nothing. Four hundred thousand dollars? What even is that? 
change. <laughs> it is, there, uh, I believe it was Jeremy Nygaard who made that tweet. It's just yeah. like, uh, he thought where he's like, he made his prediction, and he, it was like 75K off, and he's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> and he realized 75K is more than he makes in a year, and then he went to try. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, it's like, but uh, to, as a user transitioned, signed him to an extension. They did sign someone to an extension. Uh, who was that? Uh, who was that? Uh, it was known <laughs> player who was bad at baseball, Miguel Sano. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that guy he strikes out too much, so we don't like him. Um, yes. He was signed to a three-year, somewhat complicated, I believe at the end, $30 million it was uh, because of the buyout. Yep. Or his option would guarantee that money anyways. Uh, and then a team option for fourth year. So uh, essentially could buy out potentially two years of free agency. you become a free agent age of 30. And uh, this is a pretty, like, well universal among people who don't have their heads stuck in the ground. Like, this is a good deal. This is a very good deal for a young hitter hitting his prime, who was phenomenal last year uh, at the plate. Uh, and you haven't signed – because our, our worry has always been, like, the strikeouts are fine for now, but I do see, like, Chris Davis, and I get nervous beyond the age of, like, 32. But when you, when you sign through age 30, that's, like, perfect. There's almost yep. no risk there. Definitely. And I do have the details. They signed him for the next – because he had two more years of arbitration, and then they locked him up basically for the next two years – the two first two years of his free agency. So 2020 next year, $10 million. 2021 down to $9 million. 2022, $8 million. That'd be his first year of free agency, and then 2023, if they want to pick it up, it's a $14 million club option. But if they don't pick it up, $3 million buyout, that all equals $30 million, math. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it does. Yeah, it should. But <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So, as you said, great deal overall. I mean, don't know where he'll be at the end of the contract, third base, first base, uh, DH, right field, who knows. But um, Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I... Most would think he'd probably be moving over to first base by then because that seems where he's going to be going. So, I mean, $8 million for a first baseman that's going to hit you 35 to 40 home runs when he's, if it's a good year, which I think he's very capable of doing, obviously, as he showed last year with half a season or whatever he played. Yeah, he was pretty good. <laughs> I was say, he still ended up with oh, over 30. Over he? 30 for sure. Yeah, he was part of that yeah. club where they all hit 30 home runs there. Oh, uh, yeah. Did, did the Twins hit a lot of home runs last year? I forget. Uh, is that a yeah, thing? It was, it, was, it was a storyline here and there. Okay. It does okay. guys with 30 of them or something. But, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> he will be, yeah, as you said, it'll be, it's really interesting that it cuts off right at 30, like the age where you'd probably start to see a decline with a player like him. Like, he kind of played this perfectly. And then right at 30, he still leaves to know with room if he's really good to get that other big payday that he'd be looking for in free agency. So, Great deal for both sides, I think. Well, from Sano's side, I, I'm kind of interested because, like, we talked about the Twins, and, I, and for the most part, we see the stuff through the Twins side because it's obviously we have a, a vested interest in, like, signing players as cheap as possible because then it theoretically, you know, uh, you know, because we're pulling out pocket protectors, not that we need. Yes. But uh, theoretically, then that offers more payroll space, not that payroll space is a thing. You get what I'm saying, though. Mm-hmm. Uh but from Sano's side, it seems weird to kind of, like, sell out your entire prime for not a whole lot. Granted, like, we've, we, you know, we've well been over, and we all well know he can't play defense, but as long as he can hit, there's a spot for him. You know, Nelson Cruz is still playing until he's 40, and he can hit. Uh, so for him, it's it's kind of weird. You know, $30 million is obviously, like, a, a fair chunk of change, but for him, I feel like he kind of capped his, his potential, his upside. 
a little bit. Yeah, but I also feel like he's the kind of player that he could – I'm not saying it will happen, but I could definitely – a lot of people could definitely see him just kind of not being as good as he was this year, going back to, you know, not just average, I guess, and not getting the big money at the end of, like, you know, like $14 million for one year even. I mean, you don't know how his career is going to go, of course, and I guess it's good for him. He never made this much, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I just – he's the kind of player that – could end up like Chris Davis, I guess. If that makes sense. Not saying he will, but you never know. We just keep dunking on Chris Davis. Like you brought it up, I didn't even thought of it. It's just on you. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a fair dunk to be honest. Like he just mm-hmm. fell off. Like he just made his money and dipped. <laughs> peace, y'all. I'm just gonna. <laughs> it's like that gift of the guy throwing up the peace sign and just disappearing. That was Chris <laughs> That's pretty one. good. I'm looking up his contract now because I'm very interested. It was, I believe, it was over 100 mil over some <laughs> ridiculous amount, of, and he's, he's like at the point where like you have to. Oh my you know, god! You gotta like play someone else just because he's so much of a negative. <laughs> it's like uh, what? There's oh, I, for, I forget what that like sunk cost. That was it. But there's some sort of sunk cost fallacy in there. Uh, hit us with the contract numbers. What are they? <laughs> Seven years, one sixty-one thousand, paying him until 2022, 17,000 per year. My 17. god. Seventeen thousand? You want to? Seven, or seven, seven? Shut up! Seventeen million per year until twenty, the end of twenty twenty two, when he will be thirty seven years old. That oh. is a good contract. Wow! That his agent, man, he deserves a raise. Yeah. One hundred sixty. Good God! <laughs> I don't even. I'm getting like hot and sweaty just thinking about that. Just one hundred sixty big ones. That is. Whew. Not as bad as the uh, Miguel Cabrera contract, but he earned it, so whatever. <laughs> hey, he was an AL MVP. Like, he's, right. he's a Hall of Famer, you know? Triple crown. Yeah, he's in there. He can get his money. And it's the Tigers, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, no, it's – although it is a little bit sad when he, like, weekly taps out just a second, <laughs> and he's like, I'm not even going to think about running. Like, right. Uh, what do you even do? He can't. He was like, he's he like – cannot run. He's like 37, but you're also like, eh, he's earned this, you know? <laughs> yeah, if there's a guy that deserves it, it's him. Yeah, if you thought Maurer's contract is bad, like, not even close. No, there's – man, we, we didn't talk about big contracts. We, we'd have, like, a three-hour-long episode talking about that. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> well, uh, I think this is going to be our transition here. We're going to uh, be logging off and then adding a third. Mr. Tom will be calling very shortly, and we'll have some very fun topics to talk about with him. I'm looking forward to this. I think this will be interesting. Me too. Talking, it's like talking to our boss. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be like talking to John, I think, technically. Oh, yeah, I guess. This well, is like talking to our advisor command or something. Or something. Right. I don't know, manager or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I've never worked an office job, so. Yeah. So, he is uh, he, he higher up than us. That's all. That's all. To say the least, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. uh, we'll be getting out with Tom very soon. back we have uh another person here which is unusual this doesn't always happen uh would you like to introduce yourself here mr person sure what's up this is tom froming from twinsdaily.com aka tf twins on twitter tf twins on twitter man that flows really well i like right? that. that's some great alliteration 
Matt is the worst at intros. That's how he opens every <laughs> episode. And who am I talking to? Okay. And, you know, right. it's never awkward to introduce yourself ever. <laughs> well, that's the thing. No, like, that was great. Like, what? How else am I going to, like, like, oh, by the way, there's another person here just, like, I don't it know. It's almost like, uh, like a warning. Like right. if someone came to your door and you're like, uh, oh, by the way, there's someone a murderer else. in here. That's like the, I don't know, this is kind of a deep, I don't know if I know get it. It's like the John Mulaney act is talking about, like, when you're in a bathroom and someone knocks, like, oh, someone's in here. Like, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said that, but whatever. Uh, let's talk about actual twin stuff again, as we like to get off topic. Uh, so, Tom, uh one of the things you wanted to talk about, and I, I love the fact that you brought this up, so I almost forgot that it existed, is that oh. the Fort Myers Miracle changed their name. No longer the Fort Myers Miracle, they are the Mighty Muscles, uh, with a an appropriately mighty uh, man now. Weird man, it's it's a frightening mascot, to to say the least. Yeah, it's uh, basically uh, it's basically like 1999 Mark McGuire, I think, with a cape. <laughs> Is uh, what the mascot is. Uh, but, yeah, it was definitely an adjustment. We've had to type that in. Uh, we're finishing up on the prospect handbook. Uh, the 2020 Minnesota Twins prospect handbook is coming out. should be available in the next week or so. Um, and it was a, a bit of an adjustment to sort of type out that a guy will be playing with the mighty muscle. 2020. Uh, but, yeah, Seth included in an article in there just giving some, some of the details and, and things like that on that name change. Um, I don't know. My hope is kind of like, do you remember when uh, the the Philadelphia Flyers announced Gritty as their mascot? Oh, yeah. And it was like the most terrifying thing ever, and everybody <laughs> thought it was a train wreck, but they've actually turned it into like a hilarious meme, essentially. That, that The whole point is that Gritty is a train wreck. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm hoping where this whole Mighty Muscles thing ends up. I don't know. What did you guys think of that change? Uh, I mean, yeah, Cooper, you want to mention it? Because I kind of gave my thoughts. So. Um, well, it, it's an interesting one. I'm going to give you guys a couple more names. You guys tell me if you like these better oh. or worse than other oh. minor league teams. Mm. So the Traverse City Beach Bums. Which one are you taking? <laughs> I like Beach Bums. <laughs> I, I kind of like Beach Bums, yeah. Yeah, these aren't even bad. Topeka Train Raiders. Right. Hmm. I've heard of a Tomb Raider. No. Yeah, train Raider. These all sound like ska band names. Like. No, these are <laughs> odd. I don't even. I got one more. I just had it. The uh, Bativa Muck Dogs. I don't. Of course, the Muck Dogs. <laughs> oh, right. Everybody knows yeah. that one. I just looked up uh, worst minor league team names, and those are the three that showed up. So there you I go. I think, you know what? I'll take Mighty Muscles over Muck Dog. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> Pretty much any dog is good, usually, but that one, Not I don't that know. one. Muck dog, yeah, I, don't know. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I, my muscles when I heard it. Uh, the Twitter outrage was hilariously uh, un- I didn't expect it for a minor league team changing their name, but it was great because you don't hear much for that. But I don't. <laughs> everyone was angry about it, so it was great. But it it just seems like unnecessary. Like Fort Myers Miracle is perfect. Like it, well not perfect, but it it worked. Like was like I wouldn't think twice about it. But now it's like the mighty muscles. And it's like, it's, it just feels weird. It's like when someone, it's like when a friend gets a haircut. And it's like, <laughs> like, who are you? Like, I don't know you. Yeah, I thought they had a really classic, really good-looking, professional-looking logo. And it seems like they've tried to actually complete do a 180. And that, one of the, the descriptions of what they were going for was 
comic book SpongeBob aquatic oh. and tropical all mixed together. And I I don't know I don't know if they accomplished that, but I don't know who would actually set out to try to make a baseball team look like that. But <laughs> those don't like sound like things that should mix. I don't know if they. <laughs> That's my question. Who's asking for that? Like, right. <laughs> I, but I, like I said, I have, I have my fingers crossed. I'm interested to see what they do with this because there is almost a way they could turn that outrage into sort of a, a jokes on you kind of inside <laughs> joke type thing and make everybody fall in love with Muscle Man or whatever the roided out Mark McGuire mascot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to have a lot of work to like be able to. You really have to lean into that, like you were talking about with the uh, was it what was his name? Grizz- I already forgot Pretty. the name, Flyers. Yeah, yeah. Grizzly, that was it. I was say Grizzly. That's not it at all. But yeah, you like really have to lean into it to get anyone to like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. But uh, so you mentioned this, and I am interested in it. Uh, you have twins off-season analogies. Uh, what's up with that? Well, what do you got? We were sharing some on Twitter, and I know you guys have uh, thrown some out there on the show. I believe, and oh, yeah. most people have like food type, yeah. uh, focused on ones. I got one I wanted to kind of pass by you guys to see if I was on the right track here. So basically, in my opinion, this is how the Twins offseason equates to. Uh, it's kind of like if, you know, you were the person in charge of bringing the alcohol and dessert to a Super Bowl party, right? And all you did was buy a whole bunch of light beer and vanilla ice cream. Like, <laughs> yes, technically, if if you brought enough of everything and kept it cold, you have uh, checked the boxes. You you brought the alcohol and you brought the dessert. However, you are you are exciting absolutely no one <laughs> at all. Now now now, Tom, this is I, I'm with you on this one. I'm seeing it. The only issue you have here is I am currently a, a college student in a college house. <laughs> any alcohol of any sort is welcomed. No matter what. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and exciting. Oh, yeah, it's true. Huh. Uh, well, I guess in this analogy, then, I'm the kid in the college house. Because just like the twins signing Homer Bailey, I'm like, yes. Yeah. All right. It's like, it's like throwing any sort of charcoal in a fire. It's like it doesn't matter the quality. We're just right. like, yes. It'll no. burn. Yeah, that one's good. I just went to Thanksgiving dinner on it because, you know, I was just in my mind. You know, you got everything except the turkey here. You just got to add that. Final big piece, but I like I like what you brought up. Just you know, bland, but no one really cares for it at all. Even though even though it's pretty good. Well, right. I don't know. It I mean, beats it, it beats it, no it, alcohol it and no ice right. cream. Right, exactly. Better than that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get the job done. Twins off season 2020. It's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll do what it's supposed to. Uh, <laughs> It was like the two-star review of every, like, Marvel movie ever. It was just like, <laughs> it did what it was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I don't know. We got nothing else. Uh, now, I – now, uh, okay, so I have to – I'm going to hold on in my back pocket because I do kind of like that. I might have to, like – you got something in there in the core. I might have to tweak some ideas, but I do like what you have there. Uh, so you you mentioned this. I mentioned this. We've all mentioned this about uh, Homer Bailey, and we've all talked ourselves into Homer Bailey. I feel like this is some sort of, like, mental thing where it's just, like, kind of like a starving child where you just put anything in front of them, and it's just, like, done. You're fine. And so, I mean, okay, I don't know about that. I need to look it up to my take. But uh, it it is a little bit sad, isn't it, that this is kind of, like, 
the way we've gone? You don't want the best splitter in baseball on your team? I don't get it. <laughs> Didn't Blake Parker have a good splitter? I, I recall. Uh, you know, not not really. I mean, why why you got to go over there, man? Why you yeah. got to talk about old stuff? <laughs> We're all in on the new. Wow, thirty three year old, really underwhelming new. Wasn't Blake Parker also thirty? Never mind. All right, I'm Stop. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, what are your thoughts there? Well, you know, it was interesting. I'm actually kind of interested in uh, Cooper expanding because mm. I was on the forefront, okay, of the Homer Bailey hype train way before anybody else. <laughs> I was getting excited about Homer Bailey. So, you know, <laughs> my ability to get excited about Homer Bailey is elite. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of interested. Cooper has been coming around of late. You mentioned the splitter. <laughs> That's certainly the, the money pitch there. Well, yeah, he throws it. I think it was more than – anyone else really in baseball last year and Fangraphs has it second to you Darvish actually so not not the best but close enough Matt it's only by one tick but yeah I mean uh, threw it 26% last year hitters were hitting 182 against it 302 slugging and 214 weighted on base average it's a big statistic I don't know if you guys know that one Uh, (laughs) but yeah I mean obviously he's he was underwhelming. When I first saw it, I texted Matt with my thoughts that were not good. And uh, <laughs> but I come around. You had a lot of more thoughts than just that, but we'll, we'll end it there. I woke him up with my thoughts, but uh, yeah, no, it was it was rough. But I've come around on it because he could. I mean, he was fine in Oakland, except for the Houston Astros game. He had like a ERA close to three. So yeah, I don't know. strangely in yeah. that Astros game too, people were just banging the hell out of you know, <laughs> garbage cans and stuff the whole time. I don't know what was going on there, but uh, right, I actually know. did just put an article out on Bailey, and I uh, that was that appeared in my article the Astros yeah. hitting the the garbage can. So <laughs> it's just everywhere. But oh uh, yeah, it's rough. I'm excited for him. I I can't believe I just said that, but um, it should be fun. <laughs> I think he'll make a really solid number four starter behind. Brios, Odorizzi, and uh, Pinedo when he gets back. And Rich Hill is kind of a, still a question mark for me. I don't know when he'll be pitching, of course, but he'd be ahead of him. And if Homer Bailey pitching like he did in Oakland is your number four or five, that's not bad at all. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, I got to I gotta bring up two things, the first of which is we already have you on record saying I'm excited for Homer Bailey. Ah, so, <laughs> you know, that's out there forever. <laughs> uh, the other thing was uh, – Kind of the issue I have, I guess we're just going to expand this conversation, is Homer Bailey isn't your number four to start the season. He is currently right. as it stands, unless the Twins have suddenly traded for John Gray, which I've not seen a notification for, I don't <laughs> think it's happened. Uh, he will be number three opening day, and those games do kind of matter as much as the games in September. So He'll be I, the home opener starter. So. <laughs> all right, uh <laughs> Taking Cooper off forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how that is how the schedule works out right now. Okay, so basically, I guess I I'd be it'd be a lot better, obviously, if they added another pitcher. But from where the roster is, and from where we are, I mean, I guess it he'd be eventually be a solid number four. I mean, well, of course, yeah. In he kept coming up over and over again in the kind of the research that I was doing and points that I was trying to make. And one of them that I can't fig- I can't decide if this is encouraging or like the most depressing stat ever uh, <laughs> is that Homer Bailey was actually better than both Jose Barrios <laughs> and Jake Odorizzi from like Ooh. June 15th to through the rest of the season. Oh wow! Uh, 
Yeah, so I don't know if that's like, all right, let's go Homer Bailey. Oh, my God, Jose Brios and Jacob Rizzi are nowhere near as good as we think they are. I remember actually reading that piece and the whole time going, well, I'm just going to ignore Homer Bailey because I hope to God that doesn't happen. So I'm sorry for that, but I kind of only looked at Tehran and Bumgarner. Those are the other two, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, Bailey, no, that's not happening, but here we are. That was my other sort of a pet topic of the trade deadline and the offseason was how can I make Madison Bumgarner look really bad? <laughs> right. And so yeah. Homer Bailey was like, well, this guy who's had like a 60 ERA the past three years, that's like the perfect guy to pick. Uh, so he, he was like the reoccurring, like, well, who's like a turd floating around in the pool that I can put next to Madison Bumgarner or whoever? And it was, and I was like, oh, Homer Bailey. Uh, yeah, and in that video that I recorded, I actually – refused to say I refer to him as player X the entire video <laughs> uh, because I knew if I said this is Homer Bailey everybody would just turn the video off instantly uh, <laughs> and revealed him at the end as the guy was ta-da this is it was Homer Bailey the whole time look at it <laughs> ta-da it's Christian Bale there he is uh, now I I have to actually thank you for that article because I've been I've been a staunch like uh, opposer to the Madison Bumgarner propaganda that's uh, that was being spread, and it doesn't help that uh, Andrew likes to text me a lot. Him being the Giants fan, you know, he's just been he was just obnoxious about it the entire time. Man, I hate that guy, Andrew. He's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but he, no, I'm just kidding. I like him. Uh, now, the interesting thing, and the, the, one of the points you bring up is, it feels like there's this weird dichotomy, or at least like almost double think between like name brand and what you would expect, and like actual performance. And that was, like, the entire point of your article. And I think this is this is something that we've been able to synthesize a lot more uh, in this modern age of baseball, where it's just, like, you know, the stats are so much better, all these advanced numbers, like, wins and losses, you know, where if you bring up wins and losses nowadays, you're, like, laughed at, as you should be. Uh, but it's, like, we can we can react to, say, Homer Bailey, because you have this expectation of what Homer Bailey is. But, you know, you open up fan graphs, you see, like, swing and miss rate, you see – uh, his fifth, you see his F4, which was higher than quite a number of pitchers, uh, about the same as Madison Bumgarner. And you're like, well, maybe there is something here. Maybe there's, maybe I shouldn't be qu- quite so judgmental so soon. Right, and something about when he was with Cincinnati, that was not – they've really taken a lot of steps forward in the last year or two. Uh, but back when, when Bailey was, was with Cincinnati, that was not an advanced organization uh, coming into Kansas City, they're obviously behind the times. So the fact that he goes into Oakland, who is a little bit more of a progressive organization, you know, they're, you know, I mean, let's call it like it is, they're basically a cheap team that's trying to make sure to get as much out of their players as possible. Um, so they identified some things with this usage. Coming to the Twins, I'm assuming that the Twins have identified something even more in Homer Bailey that they think they can lean, have him lean into or adjust so that he can kind of continue that run that he had with Oakland. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the thing about Mad Bum is, you know, there was a time he was certainly one of my favorite players. Uh, I think the guy's a legend. He could never throw another pitch, and he's a legend. People are going to talk about what he did in the postseason uh, for those couple uh, World Series runs forever. You know, so I get that, you know, he that's in people's minds when they think of him, but that's just he's not that guy anymore. And getting him out of San Francisco, that's such a pitcher-friendly ballpark. And if you were to bring him into the American League, 
Uh, that was one of the other points I made. Actually, Homer Bailey's slash line that he gave up against non-pitchers was better than Madison Bumgarner's slash line that he gave up to non-pitchers last season. So it, it's not even – you can make the argument that, you know, Homer Bailey might be better than Madison Bumgarner in 2020, let alone that his contract makes more sense to the Twins. Now, there's a good uh, piece of audio to capture and throw in my face later, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it got to the point, and I was making these same kind of arguments during the trade deadline. So I was just like, screw it. I'm buying him some horses in Arizona. That's where he's going to go. You know, I had to step in. Somebody had to step in and buy them those horses out there. <laughs> that was you. You were uh, behind this? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say anything at the time, but, you know, I was very motivated to – Keep him off the twins. So wow. something he bought horses just so we wouldn't land Madison Bumgarner. That's dedication. That's right. And I like it. So you know somebody's got to do something around here to get Homer Bailey on the twins. <laughs> right. And I mean, with Homer Bailey, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence. The year he finally goes to a team that is of somewhat quality that can actually get something out of pitchers, he went from 2.8 F4 over the previous five seasons to 2.9 in just 2019. So. Obviously, there's something there that a team like the A's or now the Twins can unlock, and I don't know. I'm actually, I'm going to say it again. I'm excited to watch Homer Bailey pitch this it's year. Maybe I'll even go watch him on the home opener. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where it gets uh, scary. Like right. Homer Bailey as a four or five starter with some upside, you know, as kind of a reclam- reclamation project, as this guy who just throws this crazy one pitch. That's interesting. But yeah, once we get into like, oh, Homer Bailey's your third starter, he's <laughs> home opener. Uh, he's gonna throw for you in the playoff series potentially, uh, as things currently stand. Oh man, that changes the conversation somewhat. So I get, uh, I get the pe- people not getting excited about him is completely understandable. Homer Bailey is gonna be leading all of those like promotional hype videos that they show on Target Field on opening day. Oh God, the forefront of him. Does this is suspected. Does he, like, change his facial expression? Because he looks the same in, like, every single photo I've seen of him, so I don't know. He almost smiled once, I think. Whoa. <laughs> like the Bill Belichick of baseball. Pitching, game. just not good at it. Yeah. Now, and I, and I really hate to bring this I know I kind of already did this earlier, and I'm going to do it again just because I'm the big meanie mm. for this episode. But you keep mentioning, you know, this, like, four or five starter with a really good pitch and a high upside. And I just keep thinking about Martin Perez. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, Did he ever have high upside, though? That's the thing. Or I any we, upside? We talked ourselves into it. I, I don't. Think, the, here's the thing, though. Uh, Martin Perez never had a, any kind of a stretch of performance. Right. Really. He, yeah. he, I, for, and you know what? I still don't get why Martin Perez isn't a better pitcher. Uh, throws 95, you know, has an array of pitches. Uh, some of his contact rates – you, know, you talk about ex Woba and things like that from him last year. I'm not at all surprised. I think he signed with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not at all surprised that another team was like, yeah, looked at him and said, hey, we'll we'll, we'll give Martin Perez a shot. Now uh, they'll probably find out the same things that the, the Twins did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are certain guys that you look at him and it is like, why didn't that work? I don't. And I feel that way with Martin Perez. But that's another thing with Homer Bailey is he's only really replacing, if you think about it, either Kyle Gibson or Martin Perez. Uh, not really – to love 2019, not really a super high bar to clear. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, I guess. It's 
It just, I mean, it's more of a lateral move, which is where people are just like, you know, uh, you'd like to get that big upgrade. You'd like to, like, take that step forward. You'd like to, uh, I don't know, get a pitcher better than Jake Odorizzi. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. A broken 40-year-old doesn't count for you? (laughs) First of all, he's only 39, so you might want to. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was the ultimate slap in the face to Matt for saying all offseason, a pitcher better or the same as Jake Odorizzi, and then they go do that. Yeah, so the the monkey's paw is real. It's real. It's out there. It curled his hand, and that's what happened. Uh, I do find it now. I I can say this because I'm still young, and I find this funny. But, like, we talk about, like, a broken 40-year-old, and you're just like, man, Rich Hill is ancient. Like, he's never going to be able to come back. And then, like, uh, like he's just 40. Like, my dad is older than him. Like, <laughs> what does that say about him? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, I find that funny. I won't find that funny in, like, 20 years. I know that much. Uh, well, for now, it's funny. I'm definitely not sending links to this to any of the, the Twins Daily founders who are here. <laughs> yeah, we're not I'll exactly. about that one. Right. Uh, <laughs> Me and Matt, Matt are entering that age in 10 or so years, 20, so. Yeah, we're, we'll we're still there. in that, like, that, like, area where if we mention anything, like, regarding how old we are, then other people are like, oh, no, how old are <laughs> Like, when I said, when I said, like, one of my earliest Twins memories was watching the, uh, the 2009 yeah. uh, game 63, and then just everyone keeled over and was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, I think I, I audibly you said the f word when I read that. <laughs> <laughs> At work, is oh man, sketchy moment. I, I'm I'm so sorry, but I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was hilarious, though. <laughs> well, I started uh, watching Twins baseball in 2010, so uh, take that. Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. See, that was really rough. <laughs> I feel like we should move on before, like, angsty boomers start coming into our mentions. <laughs> More so than they already do. Uh, I think I've also reached my Homer Bailey limit for the entire offseason. Yeah. I, oh, I could said go the, forever. I just said the words Homer Bailey, and I'm just like, I'm done with it. It's like, when you say a word so much, it no longer means anything. It's just like, it's just like, like, vowels. Just like, what what is a Homer Bailey? I don't know. Anyways. Uh, now, this was a bit of a wild card when you sent me this, and I wasn't expecting this. Uh, you want the Twins to sign Brock Holt. Yeah. Explain. Like, hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I- I'm not certain that they feel this way, but I feel like Miguel Sano should be moved to first base. Um, it kind of feels like, you know, obviously with the Josh Donaldson talk, they're in who I don't know. I don't know what to know how, how in they are in him, but they're certainly yeah. in on him to some some degree. And he, obviously that would result in Miguel Snow moving to first base. So that clearly states that at the very least, the twins are, are open to the idea of moving him. And, you know, all those uh, outs above average metrics from baseball savant came out this week. And it was just like a, the most depressing thing to look at in the world as a twins fan. Um, <laughs> And Brock Holt's a guy that plays everything but catcher and center field, and his metrics are really good at second base. He hasn't played a lot of third base the past couple years because they've had Devers in Boston, a really young third baseman, and he's actually turned himself into a nice defender there. Uh, but he, Brock Holt's a guy who's a good on-base guy. His on-base percentage is like 360 the past two years um, and plays all over the place. So I, I, I like uh, the idea of Marwan Gonzalez at third base. <coughs> a pretty good defensive third baseman, Miguel Sano at first base. But then, you know, if you're putting Marwin into a 
semi-everyday role because, you know, Rocco doesn't play anybody every day. You know, he's <laughs> always mixing and matching. I feel like you almost kind of need to bring in another guy for that super utility spot. And Brock Holtz, one of the, you know, there's not a lot of free agents left and, you know, still holding out some hope that Josh Donaldson signs, although I'm just kind of sick of that. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was looking at who might make sense as an infielder outside of Donaldson, and Holt is sort of just sort of the guy I landed on. This was after Frazier signed, I assume, because I would guess no, we're all no, in. This no, before. this was before Frazier. Um, he just doesn't do much for me. Todd Frazier? You were yeah. on the Todd Frazier hype train? No. No, and I think, you know, the thing about Holt and, you know, if I'm looking for a guy to kind of mix into this team – I am looking for an on-base guy, for a guy who can control some plate appearances, get on. Uh, now, a lot of Holt's numbers the past two years have been very BABIP-driven. I think he's got like a 350 BABIP the past two years, but mm. the walk rate's around 10%. So there is certainly something to that. Yeah, I got 365 last year, the year before 337. I don't, I can't do enough math to find the average there, but it sounds about right. <laughs> uh, like you said, good OBP. Uh, he could play. I and of course, assuming Josh Donaldson doesn't sign with the Twins, which seems yes, uh, very likely as as negative as that is. Uh, and you know, as you talk about it, I think I'd be interested in that. Think like you said. Uh, you know, you you don't want to like place Marwin in an everyday spot and then assume everything else is fine, because even what we saw last year, like Marwin did not have a lockdown position, and he still put up what let me guess five hundred and fifty plate appearances probably just because he finds uh, a spot every day because someone needs a day off, especially in this day and age. So to kind of, like, reconcile that and, you know, pick up a Brock Holt to then be the Marvin Gonzalez of Marvin Gonzalez last year, I think that would be a good move. I'm I'm looking at his stats. I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. Of course, I would absolutely love Josh Donaldson. I'm still in on that. I'm not giving up. Oh, yeah. Unlike both of you, of course, just giving completely up. No. Uh, <laughs> Brock yeah. Holt is definitely just just another six pack of light beer and another pint of <laughs> vanilla ice cream. Milk. Right, there's no doubt about make it. Anyone happy? Right, no. no one would go. Brock, no Holt, we did it. We, we, but, but right, I tweeted this out by June. He'd be everybody's favorite player. Exactly. Uh, I follow some Red Sox Twitter people fan fan Red Sox fans on Twitter. That was weird, and they all love him. Like he's yes. like the Williams Estadio of Boston. So oh, yeah, I hate yeah. to see him leaving. Why would you ever follow Red Sox fans on Twitter? That's I don't the know. I just never. Okay, well, I guess they show up in my mentions once in a while or something. I, I didn't know they had the internet in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> it's still using Fenway, so got the. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, now it'd be weird if Brock Holt became our favorite player because I think Sergio Romo is already everyone's favorite oh, player. Oh, so that's I, true. That's true. You know, these things happen. Uh, that's uh, a, okay. I've got to amend my analogy then, like. We're going to have, like, a, a little thing of sprinkles, and that's Sergio Romo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, it doesn't, really, it doesn't really make it taste any better, but it makes it look better, and you like yeah. it more. It makes it more fun, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very aesthetically pleasing. It just feels nice. Yes. No, I, I like it. Uh, so uh, another thing you brought up, and this is something I wholeheartedly agree with. I think I've been, like, talking about this for, I don't know, since we started, like, recording ever. Uh you said, why does no one want to see – or why, why does it seem like no one likes Matt Boyd as a trade target? And now, first of all, as a as a part of the association of people named Matt, uh, I have to say I'm a fan. 
Uh, and uh, beyond that, like I assume you're going to talk about, I just I look at his strikeouts and I look at the the quote unquote stuff, and I'm just like, how is there not like more to this guy? Like I just I don't get it. Right, and you're one of the people who has talked about him a lot in a positive light. Um, he was in my my offseason blueprint, and I compared him favorably against Noah Syndergaard. Now, the if you break down, like, you know, speaking of stuff, uh, Syndergaard's velo is just blows Boyd out of the water. But then if you, yeah, if you, if you boil it down to K percentage, you know, whiff percentage, swinging strike rate, Boyd is a beast. And I don't know if it's just because he's on the Tigers and the Twins – the Twins have beat him around a little bit over the past few years, and he's on the Tigers. I mean, we were, we were talking about how Bailey was in a situation where he wasn't in a very advanced uh, team. Matt Boyd's pitching coach is Rick Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, you saying? <laughs> you don't think that you can get him out of Detroit and get some more out of him. But, yeah, strikeouts per night, you know, the K percentage and in, in walk percentage, 30.2 K percentage, 6.4 walk percentage, that's – Excellent, but a lot of people don't know that as well as K per nine, walks per nine. K per nine, 11.56, walk per nine, 2.43. Like, yeah, I look at Matt Boyd, and I'm always just like, why isn't a team falling over itself to get him? And Twins fans especially just seem to be so anti that idea. I just, it's weird to me. Well, from what I've heard anyway, the Tigers – at the deadline and now have just put up a massive price tag for him. Like, they obviously really like him, too, and want to keep him, probably, unless they get the nice deal. I mean, if it's such a huge price, I mean, for what he could become and with the position the Twins are in, I, you know, at some point you got to make a trade here, obviously. And on this podcast, we have loved Matt Boyd since the trade deadline or mm-hmm. further. Yeah. So yeah. I want to – I don't know. I'd go all in, yeah. I got two things. So first is the stat, because you didn't throw enough stats out of him. I got a swinging strike rate. Uh, so the name in front of him is Patrick Corbin, and the name behind him is Shane Bieber. Pretty good company, if you ask me. And uh, he is sitting at 14%. Uh, actually, my bad, 14.1. Sorry, I was a little mm. off there. I don't have my glasses on. I can't read my small phone. So uh, obviously the swinging miss stuff is there. Uh, and it's like... I just uh, – I have this thing. I know I've brought this up before, but it's like if the Astros are interested in the pitcher, then I'm interested in that pitcher. Yeah. They know something's up. And, you know, they're going to bang their drums. They're going to do uh, whatever they can do. <laughs> and kind of like what you said, Cooper, uh, how they put a high price tag, it's a weird scenario where they, like, they have to understand there's more to them and that someone right. can unlock it, but they themselves can't do it. <laughs> like, it's like, we don't we – exactly. We don't want to give them someone smarter because they, they don't want to look stupid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. They don't want to look like the pirates, basically. Uh, but it's still, they still kind of look stupid because it's like, are right. you just admitting that you can't? All right, whatever, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Boyd is better than anybody who is on the free agent market, other than Gary Cole. I think I think he's better than Wheeler. I think he's better than Bumgarner. I think he's better than Ryu. Strasburg. Uh, Strasburg, though. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. About okay. okay. All right. Um, yeah, since he went back to the Nationals, I, I t- right. completely even forgot he was a free agent. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah no, I'd take Strasburg over. Okay. 
But, but you know, okay. felt like free agent. Well, let's put it this way. He's better than any of the free agents the Twins may have had a chance to have been in on anyway. So, like, none of them? <laughs> hey, well, He's better Homer than Homer Bailey. <laughs> I mean, they, they offered to some, to give them some credits, I think. Some, yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know if like uh, if the in the division thing would have an impact, but he, he's he's oh, yeah. a guy. Uh, but either way, uh, the tw- yeah, I think, and I'm starting to lose a little faith. But I, I I think the Twins need to trade that that better than Odorizzi pitcher. That that is the way a good way to put it. That uh, it feels like that still needs to happen. Ah, you've joined the club. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I. I do have one thing, and I, I share this, like, anxiety, and I'm sure every Twins fan has it, but the, one of the things that does, like, give me some sort of hope is I think back to the last few off-seasons and where it's kind of came down to the wire, uh, at least as far as, to, like, into spring training goes, and they do have a history of making late moves. Uh, Jake Odorizzi was, like, in February. Uh, you know, they did sign uh, Lance Lynn, Logan Morrison, even though those signings didn't work out. So they did make Marwin moves. last year. Marwin last year, yeah, like you said. So it's like there is – a pattern of, like, where they're like, don't worry, we'll do something, and then, like, the house is on fire, but then they do something eventually. So you're telling me don't give up hope on Brock Holt yet? <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously Brock Holt is the shining diamond, okay. like, like on top of the hill, or, you know, whatever your metaphor wants to be. Uh, that That is it. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh... I actually just recorded and uploaded a video on YouTube today that talked a little bit about the prospect handbook, gave a little bit of a preview of what's in there, and then also talked about a specific uh, Twins prospect and just in general an overview of the outfield per- situation in particular. And you look at the the obviously the major league outfield is already set, and that includes Cave as the number four, and really Lamont Wade is the number five. But you just keep trickling it down from there. You have Brent Rooker, you have Luke Rayleigh, the top prospect guys, Alex Kirilov, Trevor Larnick. It just keeps going and going and going. And actually even beyond those guys are some intriguing outfielders in the lower levels of the minor leagues. At this point, it just – and, you know, they've extended uh, Sano. Sano's gonna, he's not going to stay at third forever. Even if, even if they keep him at third for now, he's either going to clog up first base or DH in the future. So it's like, where are all these guys going to play eventually? You can't you can't hoard them forever. You only have so many forty man roster spots you can put these guys in, and, and you know guys are going to run out of options and stuff. So it just makes all the sense in the world for them to, even if they have to overpay in the trade market, uh, to do that because there's so much hitting depth in the system and in on the major league team already that it just is – it seems inevitable to me. But, you know, it's hard to say from the outside looking in. You underestimate their uh, prospect hoarding ability. They've shown they <laughs> do it quite well. But, yeah, we actually – me and Matt discussed this same thing, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, just yeah. you have so many, like, prospects. Yes. Like, it's overflowing almost. You Like, you've got to just – because, you know, you're getting all these cal- – average to slightly above average major league players, but you can move like three, four of them and get, I don't, you know, Chris Bryant. I don't know who's out there. Matthew Boyd, of course. Just you can get some someone. I don't know. It's annoying. You could probably get the next Homer Bailey. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, there's the next article. Who's the next Homer Who Bailey? Next? Like, that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, no, this is something. Yeah, like uh, Cooper said, we have talked about, and it, it's something that does frustrate me. Where it's just like, 
like you said, there's just so many, like, specifically if you want to say outfielders, where it's just like, beyond who you said, you could also throw in, like, Akil Badu, Gabriel Masio, and uh, Gilberto Celestino. And it's like, you have, like, I don't know, we just named, what, seven outfielders Royce off Lewis the top of our head? Eventually. Royce Lewis, that was kind of one of my reactions to that, that interesting uh, Tampa Bay and St. Louis trade that went down this week uh, with Libertor. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were kind of freaked out. Oh, he's a top 50 prospect. You know, how could they trade him for, you know, this package that didn't really seem all that interesting on its, on its face value? Yeah, that was me. I was one of those guys. <laughs> um, well, if you, if you, I mean, everybody's different. I'm not saying that this is what this guy is going to become, but if you look back on it, uh, he was in the Midwest League the same age that Cole Stewart was in the Midwest League, and Cole Stewart's numbers are better than he, his were. So it's like, you know, there's no – I'm not saying that's that means he's doomed because obviously Cole Stewart was, was a very top high prospect, top uh, draft pick, uh, performed pretty well early on in the minor leagues, and then just kind of didn't continue to develop from there. And it's kind of one of those things where you can look back and think, Jesus, what could the Twins have gotten for Cole Stewart if they would have made a trade like that at that time? Um, and I kind of hope that that's what a lesson that this front office has learned in watching Cole Stewart go for nothing, in watching Steven Gonzalez go for nothing. Oh, uh, kind of, may, you know, try to try to identify guys in your system that you feel like you know better than other teams and yes, you, you might have to give up somebody of value, but uh, to remember that not everybody's going to pan out. And yeah, if you have a, a full deck of cards in that outfield, Badu was actually the guy I talked about in that video. Because um, yeah, there's just there's layers upon layers upon layers of outfielders in the system right now that it just makes too much sense to to move one of those guys for a pitcher. Especially if like if you want to talk about Detroit specifically, we're like. What's their outfield at the major league level? Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, and, and too, their their pitching pipeline is incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. So that's probably not an organization that's necessarily saying we need to get a pitcher back because uh, Casey Mize is their top prospect and Manning is I think their number two. So they have some really nice starting pitching coming through, uh, but the bats are kind of lacking. Yeah. You also guys, got guys like Alex Fado and Franklin Perez and – I, I'm always frightened to know how much I know about other teams. T- 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 <laughs> it's it's kind of scary, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, there's no way to like say it without like just saying yeah. That's exactly what you said. That's I'm just along the same path. Throw another name in there. I don't want right. to say it, but kind of feels like Fernando Romero's going down that path. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, in a way. And I, Bruce Targrader all night too. Who knows? Oh, okay. uh, to, wow. to some degree, Zach Littell has in my you yeah. Know, I, I suppose I think he. Sh- I think they should have kept starting him. But uh, it, you know, if you're not going to acquire arms uh, via trades or free agency, you you really need to keep as many starting pitchers starting as long as possible and give them a chance to figure it out. And I don't think they did that with Littell. Um, and mind you, anybody listening, you know, this is coming from prospect guys. Uh, you know, like I said, the prospect handbook's coming out. You know, Matt was a Twins Daily minor league writer uh, all year this season. So uh, it's not like we're just – these are nameless, faceless uh, players that we're not familiar with and just saying, oh, well, just get rid of the prospects and get the minor – get the major leaguers. Uh, uh, I love I love to see Luis Arise come up and play with the Twins. You know, um, even Randy Dobnak, you know, the guys who are unheralded come up and play with the Twins. But at a certain point and at a certain kind of – 
where when you're competitive and when you have a good system, like it just that you have to do something at a certain point. And, you know, there may be legit reasons why they haven't been able to be active on the free agent market, but uh, every they have everything they need to make a trade. And they can trade for somebody who doesn't make a big salary if that's what they're motivated to do. Yeah, maybe it's like free agents not wanting to come here. Owners and front office just don't even want to call here. It's just too scary. It's the most unattractive area in the entire United States. I don't know. Maybe just, maybe just like, Fab Levine is secretly just an asshole. Like, <laughs> like, other GMs are just like, God, I don't want to talk to that guy. They're, like, watching the room, they're like, oh, no, let's get it. We need to get out of here. Like, I don't want to. Oh, man. I mean, the Blue Jays didn't call him back, so, you know. know Here's what I'm guessing. Thad and Levine are on, like, a a phone cleanse. So they only only have their cell phones on them, like, for one hour a week. (laughs) And so, like, like their phones are just ringing off the hook. There's 29 GMs calling up the Twins (laughs) trying to trade guys. But, you know, Thad and Derek, they're on this cleanse. You know, they're trying to get their mind right. You You know, don't touch the phone, you know. Got to keep it zen. Like, they're missing all these opportunities. Like in movie scenes when there's like a guy listening to music and there's like a bunch of stuff happening in the background as he's like blissfully unaware. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I can I can see that. I mean, you know, not that I know the inner workings of the front office being uh, in Washington and twenty, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't I don't know anything. I just prefer to make these uh, funny scenarios that sound good to me. No, we just complain about it on a podcast and tell them they're wrong, really. I mean, well, that's, you know, that's the entire reason we created this thing, is just so we could complain <laughs> for, like, an hour, and then, like, people would listen to it. Right. I don't know. See, now we're all, we're all considering just giving up the internet other than one hour a week. <laughs> Thanks. No, right, I, um, yeah. no, Twitter's already too stuck in my brain. I already have, like, the... Uh, whatever. I, there's something. There's a mental connection there. It's it's too deep. I've already accepted it. Well, yeah. When my phone I have a notification like 300 times on arbitration day because I have four beat writers notifications on, it's it's pretty good. When I hear like, I don't know who, you know, oh three million dollars in arbitration. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know. All day long. <laughs> oh, I'm committed here. I was like. When you have Passan and Rosenthal on notifications during trade yep. day, you're just like, <laughs> your phone just like explodes. Oh, well. Well, we ran out of topics that uh, you sent me. Do you got anything else you thought about talking about off the top of your head? or I don't think so. Just thanks for having me on. I've been a big fan of the podcast for pretty close to when it started. It's been fun to see you guys uh, kind of find the write platforms and kind of grow the technology and improve the quality and stuff like that. So hats off to you guys on keep working on that. And anybody listening for the 17th time, the Prospect Handbook is coming out. <laughs> I've said it 17 times, so now you have to buy 17 copies. <laughs> uh, it's available as an actual hard copy book and as a PDF. You should be seeing more details soon from Seth Stowe's, the godfather of all Twins Prospect coverage. <laughs> Uh, he does the majority. His name should be like in 150-point uh, font on the cover, and then mine should be in like 12. <laughs> he, he definitely carries uh, carries the load on that. Imagine he like like when it, like the the Abe Lincoln Memorial or something like that's him, just like. And then there's everyone else like in smaller statues. Like that's how that goes. 
No, we we're, we just have like the name chiseled in on the ground. <laughs> oh, you like, people, like, are standing, people are standing on it looking at it. <laughs> There's like a dog pooped on it two days ago. No one screwed it up. Oh, man. Well, yeah. This was fun. It went a lot longer than I thought it would. But, yeah, it was actually really interesting. And, Tom, we are actually really unlucky, me and Matt, on this podcast. We Every time we talk about someone, they are gone the next day. So hopefully you'll bring some luck, and the Twins will land Donaldson or Holt in the next two days. Brock we'll Holt, baby. <laughs> Brock, can't wait for it. All right, Brock star. <laughs> All right, and we are back after talking to Tom. Uh, that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. It went, as I said, much longer than expected, but that's not a bad thing at all because it went really quick and I just enjoyed the whole thing. Good talking to him. First time we actually really – it was the second time I've ever actually talked to him like in the, <laughs> without it being like over the text or anything. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, well it was uh... – uh, better than Andrew, definitely. We don't like that guy. Oh, jeez. He was a train wreck. He was just <laughs> Couldn't even remember Gabe Kapler's name. Like, I, you know, can we really expect a level of professionalism again? I don't think we can. That was crazy. He, you know, he was just off the rails. Train Raider, like that minor league team name. Oh, Everybody. hey. I, I like the connection. I like the connection. Uh, well, anyways, just to round us out here, we got some fan questions. Um Two of them from the same person. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Where do you wanna... Yeah, we can start with those ones, I guess. So from uh, at BigFellaEric. I didn't even notice that handle. I like it. I'm a big fan. Uh, if you had to add one prospect to fill out the 2020 opening day rotation, assuming we get another one somehow, who would it be? Uh, I'm not really understanding what that parentheses means fully. Uh do you have an interpretation of that? Hang on, I'm going to look. Own. I think, yeah, I saw it earlier. I think I understood. I'm going assuming back. You get another one. So I'm, I'm assuming take it this means, up. assuming we get another starting pitcher, we'll, we'll only need one prospect to start the year in the rotation. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes like sense. Like Matt Boyd. Yeah, like Matt Boyd. Yeah, okay. Like we, like we just talked about. Another great right. connection. Um, so, who was the one prospect? Uh, I'd like. I think I'd probably go with Randy Dobnak. Um, yeah, I mean that I, for me, Dobnak is he's. You know what you're getting. I think you know you safe bet there. Mm-hmm. But I think the highest upside, uh, definitely Lewis Thorpe. I'd like to see him back in the rotation, seeing what he can do. I mean, he's got. Hang on, I've got a stat here from a Twins Daily article. Ooh. Thorpe, among the 73 pitchers who logged 90 or more innings in AAA last season, had the highest K per nine swinging strike strike rate and was second in strikeout percentage. So yeah, I gotta find you that was from to give him credit, of course, because I was. I think mean, that was Dick Nelson. Yeah, I think so too. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that was a, a yes. great article. Yeah. Definitely. Now, this isn't to like like crap on anyone else because I'm interested in like all of the other major league prospects to varying degrees. Uh, Thorpe, like you said, I think represents the highest upside just because of the swing and miss stuff. But again, I think I'd just rather go with like Dobnak. High ground balls, throws a lot of strikes. Pretty safe bet uh, for that. I so. think the high, yeah, he's most likely. But you know, I, I don't know. The question, what was the question? Most likely? Or? Uh, no, just personally, like if you had to. Add oh. Him, like, oh, does that That's change? Your, 
I honestly, right now, would go... I'd go Dobnak, but it would be very interchangeable based on what I saw in spring training. Like, Thorpe could easily take that. All right. It's, spring I, training means a lot. Oh, yeah, spring training, you know, when... Uh, uh, I'm think, I'm falling short on who actually dominated spring training. Uh, Greg Bird. Was it? Okay, how dare you. <laughs> I cannot believe this happened again. I am so <laughs> done with this Greg Bird. It was not all... Who was the guy? Adam Rosales, that was it. Oh, was, Yeah. He was the guy I was trying to think of. Yeah, Adam Rosales killed it. So did Ryan Harper, but, you know. That's he, okay. Yeah, he was, he was fun for a while. He doesn't need to bring him up. Uh, <laughs> moving on, the next question, also from at Big Fella Eric. Uh, which trade candidate for pitching and first base slash third base from Mr. Donaldson makes the most sense of the Twins? Well, uh, I believe we haven't mentioned this guy. His name is Matt Boyd. Uh, he pitches for the Tigers. <laughs> Who? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's a bit weird. I don't know if you've heard of him. Lefty, he gets a lot of strikeouts. Uh, huh. I I know, I know. Yeah, I got to refresh your brain on this one. Uh, look him up on Fangraphs. I swear he exists. Hang on. Um, which, oh, for okay, I thought it was a trade candidate for only first base, third base. Okay, so I didn't even look into pitching. Well, dang. Well, you did. You gave a pitching one. We talked about one for a while. So I'll give a first base slash third base candidate. Oh, okay. I would. I mean, obviously, Arenado Bryant, they've got the firepower to do it, but it's not going to happen. So I looked at uh, Dominic Smith and his 133 WRC plus and 881 OPS in last last year, 2019. I like him a lot. I think he's fine. He had last year one outs above average. So, I mean, you know, he's not a bad fielder, and he can hit the ball. Mets are kind of crowded over there, and they've thrown him around in rumors. So, hey, if they go trading, I don't know what he's going to cost, but... Give me some Dominic Smith. Uh, kind of crowded is a short way of putting that Pete Alonso is a monster. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's interesting. I've seen his name come up a lot. The only thing I worry about with him is that I'm pretty sure his sample is, like, tiny. Like, his sample size is just, like, not it's not great. And then years before, he hasn't been that good. So that's why I kind of worry that 2019 is probably an aberration. Um, no. No? No, I don't know. Am I wrong, or are you just are you just poking fun at me? Um, both. I I mean I don't I don't know. I think he's he's got four years of control, and you're right. He did have some uh, rough years, uh, OPS under 700 the past years before. But I don't know. He's 24 years four years old and played really well last season. So, and, I mean, I sure why not? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I I do want to throw one name uh, for first base slash third base. I don't know if I've actually brought it up uh, on the podcast. Uh, I talked to Andrew a little bit about this, but I'm kind of interested in Brandon Belt, uh, actually. Of course, longtime first baseman for the Giants. Didn't have that good of a year last year, but I still, like, like as a left-handed hitting power guy hitting in that ballpark, like, you have to hate life. Like, it's just got to be the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just imagine, uh, take him out of the National League. Uh, you know, he's got a massive contract. You want to eat some of that money. You have to deal less than prospects also. Uh, put him in the American League. You got, you know, pretty short wall out in right field. Another big one, good for doubles. Uh, might might work out well. Plus, he's a good defender. Yeah, I was about to look at his uh, defensive stats, but because I, I didn't have those pulled up. But I'm going to trust you on that because I can't find them. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you yeah, uh, your oh yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna trust you. 
yeah, I, you texted me that, and my first instinct was uh, no. But hey, I'm coming around, and because I had not looked at anything when I said no, it's like Homer Bailey. I really like him too. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they end up with either of those guys, Smith or Belts, you know, so be it. That's fine. You know, they got a solid first baseman, I think, and Belt uh, three outs above average at first base last season. There it is. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think. I ultimately don't really know if they'll trade for a first or third baseman. I don't see that happening when they don't even trade for a starting pitcher when they kind of need those. So I don't know. It's rough. Well, that's a that's an argument in itself. I don't even, if we go down that path, this is already me like a, the longest episode ever. <laughs> More like that. Longest episode when nothing has happened. I mean, sure they got. Although they have shown no interest in Mitch Moreland, but Brock Holt is no. Oh, man. I don't know. How much would they actually be willing to give up to get a first or third baseman? These guys aren't going to be free, of course. Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, that's that's the question. And we've already aired our, like, grievances and worries regarding that and not trading prospects. Literally did that, like, I don't know, five minutes ago. So to go down that path again just seems unnecessary. But it's... It's a worthy thing to like, you know, be apprehensive about. It's just, it's fun talking about. Damn it, I I have fun talking about it. Okay, I want to talk about it. The longer they don't make a move, the longer we can talk about how they need to make moves. You know, content. Oh, so. exactly. <laughs> See, that's the big brain. These are that's the reason why I keep you around. I like this. Right. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. You know. Well, we got one last question here from Ash. do swim. Do we, we only have one more? We have one on my tweet. Oh, I, dang it. Not not including uh, me saying that not that Andrew isn't cool, but and then we talk <laughs> to it. Uh, but we have uh, J.D. Sunson, despite having a reportedly lower offer from the Twins that even mean anything. Thoughts on Arbeth Brios and the Snow Extension. Have any favorite Hildenberger <laughs> moments you'd like to share? So uh, I, I think we've already talked about the first one in other episodes. If I'm being honest, I really don't want to talk about Josh Donaldson anymore. <laughs> I'm just tired. Uh, I don't know if you share the same um, feeling, but that's just me. Uh, I feel like we've really done a solid job at avoiding it today. Like, we almost talked about the Tom and just veered off. Like, because yeah. the last two podcasts have just been uh, Josh Donaldson talk, but there was some news that came out, of course, kind of. All right. Still, uh, I'm just going to go on a little bit here. Still hasn't signed, despite having a reportedly low offer. I, th- I would say what kind of what Doogie said on the Score North podcast. Uh, excellent podcast, though. I love Score North. Not going to lie. Um, <laughs> there's free advertising for them. We are now a sponsor. You're welcome, Sarah. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I think the Nationals have the highest offers, what he said, basically. And the Twins potentially are around four years, 80 mil, and the Braves are nowhere near where Donaldson wants to be. I would think Donaldson... This is me personally now. Wants to either come to the Twins or the Braves. Like, really just the Braves. He wants them to go to four years and a lot of money, which they don't seem to be doing, apparently. And it's, you know, we've we've just, you're right, we've exhausted this completely. Like, (laughs) now he's going to go to the, I don't even know. Like, if if he does end up going to the Nationals for something like four years, 90 million, burn the Twins front office down, of course. Because that would be awful if they couldn't go higher than that, but, that, I mean, I would be angry about that. I don't know about you, but, yeah, I think the Twins definitely should go higher than where they're at right now. 
yeah. I, Basically what we've been saying for the last two weeks. I, I want to – you, you roped me into talking about this, which oh, there we so go. much for doing this. There's nothing I love more. I have to. I Now, I, I do have to bring up – I saw all of this, like, after class, and it was literally <laughs> like my phone was on fire. It was like everyone bringing up this because uh, uh, Darren Wilson did talk about this. So what what I do want to make clear is I want I want to uh, talk to what he said specifically. What he said specifically was that his feeling was that the Twins' not final offer was closer mm-hmm. to eighty million, which is like three different stipulations right there, and then immediately ran with the Twins' final offer is eighty million, which is not at all what he said. So I I think there's if there's a truth to that, if that's like where we can guess they're around like 85 million, whatever, and that's not the final offer, or and that's not, it's both not the final offer, not the highest offer, which both are true, then uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to be worried about right now. Now, if he says their final offer was 90 million, and he, yeah, he signs for something else, like just a little bit higher than that, then yeah, go ahead, burn down the front office. They deserve it, probably. Uh, but I think it was much, much ado about nothing. Or at least very little. Yeah, and I'm the one that I kind of set Twitter on fire. This is your what, fault. Yeah, yeah, this is your only fault. my fault. I know. I you and it out with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. I'm gonna blame him. No. Yeah, um, thanks, Nash, if you're listening. I'm gonna ask <laughs> you for this. This is your fault. Oh uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, apparently the twins are around closer to four slash eighty million. Dot dot dot. The dot 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 is what definitely brought all the people in yeah, thinking yeah. The, the this, we're all doomed. Get you in trouble. I know. It was, and I, I tweeted that. I had like 15 people, like four likes. I was getting ratioed on Twitter and everything was horrible. We were like, yeah, everything's bad. And then even Doogie Will, he had to come in and address it all. And I, uh, it, was, it was a weird night. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite the interesting thing to come back to. So that's, that's all I'm going to say. I am done. I have a vow of silence regarding Josh Donaldson. For, oh. for, for the time now. Uh, Do you see a – I'm going to totally sidetrack. Did you see Ted's tweet with available MLB free agents and then he listed them? Uh, I believe I did. Okay, yeah, he's got, you know, the usual Zimmerman, Moreland, uh, Greg Bird, Yolmer Sanchez, those guys, Josh Donaldson, and Tom just tweeted out also Superman Brock Holt just to <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> I wonder where he got that idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, oh. So, move on. So, thoughts on Arvid Burrows and the snow extension? We, are, we already talked about that. So Yes, we did. Also, if, you, you. if you skipped right to questions, go back. What kind of <laughs> psychopath would, like, <laughs> like we have our, our normal things and then, like, this phenomenal interview with Tom, and then just, like, <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, we don't want to go to questions. Like, that is, seek help <laughs> straight up. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say thank you for using the uh, – the correct spelling of Rios and Snow with the accents. I know I, I tweeted about that. I get anal about that kind of stuff. It's just, that's a personal thing. But Next uh, time I don't do it, because I rarely do, just go at me in the mentions, and then I'll start doing it. I, I will. <laughs> For me, like, not only do I have to do it in the articles, but most of the time I'm, like, tweeting on my phone, and it's so easy to, like, pull it up on your phone where it's, like, just do right. it. Right. Like, I don't even yeah. know how to do it on my laptop. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, – okay, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to give you advice on how to do it while recording, but uh, I use Google Drive, and that's the way I do it, but that's just something. Oh, well, Anyways, uh, last question, Google Docs, same thing. It's the same thing. That's what I mean. You know, I am not 
it's whatever. You're the one out of it this week. <laughs> last week was mine. This is right. That was yeah. It was interesting. Interesting uh, weeks. Anyways, last question. Have any favorite Hildenberger moments you'd like to share? Uh, I guess we did kind of forget about this. It was news. It was so like oh, not yeah. news news that even when I saw Darren Wilson tweeted about it, he like talked about something else and was like, "Oh, by the way, Trevor <laughs> Hildenberger signed a minor box." And you're like, "Oh, that's like bearing the lead, but whatever." Uh, so. Uh, my favorite memory, I'm honestly probably going to say, like, uh, his entire rookie season was just, I love, I love, like, these weird sidearm pitchers. Guys like Darren O'Day, love those guys. Just something about, like, funkiness. You and Sergio Romo, where you're just, like, there's this standard idea of how to get out, and then there are these weird dudes that just do whatever they want. <laughs> and so, you know, this side armor comes out with this weird change-up, like, falling off the right side of the, uh, the pitching mound. And I'm like, I love this guy. His name is Hildenberger, and it's phenomenal, and he was great. And then he fell off, and it made me very, very sad. But I will always remember his rookie year. Right, because he came in 26 years old out of nowhere. Like, no one – I don't remember anyone ever talking about him, I guess. And carried the Twins' bullpen to a wild card game. <laughs> like, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, him and Alan Buzinitz were the two that just led the – Entire team to a wild card game against the Yankees. That's what I remember about him. And they were the dominant two in the back end of the Twins bullpen. And, and then second half, yeah. Matt Belisle, yeah. for whatever reason. No, was just, just, no, just, no. No, he was good <laughs> in the second half. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was actually, but yeah, all my Matt Belisle memories are pleasant. Uh, <laughs> as they should be. Uh, I did, I got to see him close live in Target Field with his first ever save, which is really weird because I don't live in Minnesota. So how often yeah. does that happen? The yeah. most twins thing was to have Matt Belisle throw at the final pitch to the one of the greatest players in franchise history, Joe Mauer behind the plate. Matt Belisle comes running in from the mound. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a whole thing in itself. It was very yeah. strange because like they had this entire thing, and like the way I saw it, oh, was definitely just like, oh, this you know this is great and all you know this beautiful thing for Joe Mauer, but then like. The game is still going. Like they still have to win this game. It was a it was a one run game. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And then Yohan Mankata like crushes a double. I'm like, uh oh. Um, <laughs> then Trevor May came in, struck out two guys, got a fly out, and they won the game. Thank God. But yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I remember it because well, I was thinking to myself like, don't they have anyone else who's like more connected to Joe Mauer? I guess, but. I don't really think they did, you know. You want Chase DeYoung to come <laughs> the final pitch? <laughs> well, I think for Belial it was also kind of a send-off for him. Yeah, so that, that was well, – Yeah, that, that was an Adam Stone. Like, <laughs> now, well, that, that entire – yeah. Well, that, that entire season for him, should've, the send-off should have happened before then, if we're being honest. But that was kind of for him. Uh, he had a – he had a very long career as a, as a reliever. you got to give him credit for that. You right. Know, it's hard to make it – hard to make it in MLB, so – you gotta respect it. Since we're here, twenty-five games in twenty eighteen with a nine one three ERA. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh well. It was fun. It was remember that one time he beamed like Beltray and they got thrown out of the game? And even yeah, he was cool. like, Wait, you threw me out of the game? Like <laughs> I didn't even meet like they were they were getting destroyed down by like fifteen. Like, do you think I did that on purpose? <laughs> like, he was okay. just bored. He wanted to get in the shower probably. Honestly, go down. home. Being in Texas in the middle of summer, screw that. Honestly, yeah. I don't yeah, I respect him for that. I now have a newfound respect for Matt Belisle. Yeah, that was that was my, my lasting Matt Belisle memory. Definitely. 
So uh, I believe there's no other, there's no better way to end this. Is uh, Correct. Bio. Actually, we should talk about because we we finally remember it for the first time last week in forever. Uh, talking about what we have written about uh, this last week, I wrote about how to get the most out of Rich Hill, which is a very fun article to write. That immediately devolved into everyone in the comment section hating on the train. <laughs> uh, so I haven't looked at that in like three days, and I have no I have no need to. So uh, what did you write about? Uh, someone you're familiar with. I wrote about your guy, uh, Homer Bailey, and I have not even touched the comment section because I <laughs> the title was that he could be a solid upgrade of the Twins rotation. I'm oh. going nowhere near there, like absolutely not. But like I might, they're probably calling for my head, and I don't even know it. But yeah, it was it was good because I'm excited for Homer Bailey, and I uh, see what I put. I put a little feature for you in there. Oh, did you know? One Twins Daily writer who I one Twins Daily writer who I know, Matthew Braun, my partner on Twins Daily for the Leading Off podcast, is very high on Bailey. Here's a video he posted on Twitter on his Twitter account of Homer Bailey throwing a splitter. So you're welcome for that. Oh, hey, thanks for the, the free advertising. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. Uh, for the record, uh, you have 33 comments, which is don't read any of them. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to avoid it. And I have to. I have to bring this up. Because, like, my parents know that I, I write about this and they're very supportive about it. It's also mm-hmm. weird because, like, my mom will, like, read off comments and I'm like, this is strange. Like, I right. I can read the comments myself. I'm like, oh, this person is very helpful. I'm like, I don't – thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I – it, it's best to avoid people on the internet for the most part. Like, I, I'm very – Totally. No, I get that. Totally. I've muted, like, five ads in the last – five guys in the last, like, 24 hours, actually. Which I don't usually do, but they just keep replying to me, man. I couldn't take it anymore. Muting is so I'm beautiful. sure you've seen them. You've definitely seen them around, too. Oh, yeah. We we all know the troublemakers. Right, We're, exactly. We all been new. So uh, now I believe we can officially end it. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, probably one of my favorite episodes, personally. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Despite, like, nothing happening over the last week, it went, it went well, which is interesting. Yeah, I joked that we'd get maybe 20 minutes of content. Of course, the Tom interview took a big chunk of time, and it was a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing more interviews with people we don't know, guests. We don't have anything lined up, but we'll be doing more. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll be doing more. Uh, I'd, I'd love to get more people in uh, because it's really fun and breaks up the monotony of saying, I agree, and right. then going on to talk about why you agree. Right, we can test out our jokes on other people too, which we find out we're not as funny as we think sometimes. But it's like, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's, that, that's a hard. Was that was that was that just you? No, I'm just kidding. Cause, oh, no, okay. jokes, jokes. All right, you called it. You know, you yeah. called yourself the funniest uh, guy on this, or me the second. I took offense. Oh, well, well, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, I deserve that. Um, well, anyways, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stop this before an actual fight. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yep. Just will occur. So, thank you for listening. It was a fun episode, and we'll get back next week, hopefully with actual signings and stuff of substance. Don't count on it. All right. See ya. See ya.